welcome back to my studio bedroom. Um, we have this set up because we had to take pictures of this blanket. And honestly, I really love this space. If I were to have a bed in my room, this is the way that I would want it, minus this giant plant in the corner because it's too big for this particular setup. But I just love how simple it is. We have a little side table here and this bench, and I just actually really love it. Believe it or not, I still fall under some of the challenges of feeling like I have too much stuff because I can't make my space look like this. I should say I haven't made the effort to make my space look like this. Anyways, on the topic for today's video, we are gonna be talking about my homeschool curriculum. We're not gonna talk about the schedule quite yet. This was a long ago requested video. If you requested this video, I'm sorry it took forever. I filmed it and it ended up being way too long and I felt like it wasn't very clear. So I wanted to redo it and make it a little more palatable because it was a lot of information to absorb. So today we're talking about the curriculum. We homeschool our girls. Here in the state of Florida, you have to register your child at the local school, telling them that you're homeschooling and then your child has to have an evaluation once a year to make sure that they're on the right track and they don't have to follow a specific curriculum and there isn't necessarily a um, provided or suggested curriculum although i think you can ask for suggestions if you needed it um, but we have just done so well the girls do so well on the curriculum we provide for us, it wasn't, we didn't follow anything like really, I don't know how to explain, like I'm trying to grab in my mind where we got the curriculum. It was just more self-directed um, and there is that term self-directed learning, there's unschooling. We take uh, ideas from all traditions of learning and schooling and try to apply it and try to just keep it very diverse and well-rounded and that has worked really well for us. Our main root of learning daily are actually these workbooks and I have a few examples here these are kind of I picked one from each um, brand this is BrainQuest and this BrainQuest has you can see here they have different grades so this is second grade um, ages seven to eight which when you homeschool technically your kids they can learn a lot faster so our kids are they they work from different levels of books so we don't that's one thing too is we don't keep them I'm starting to go in circles again. I'm starting to give too much information, but we don't keep them just grade specific. If they can move on or they show interest in moving on or they're totally capable, we encourage them and we try to offer moving up to the next level regardless of what age or grade they suggest. So Love does, she's been doing second grade work for a while even though she just turned seven. Um, and technically she would be starting second grade right now. But this book in particular has phonics, spelling, vocabulary, reading, writing, cursive, uh, language arts, math, addition, subtraction, multiplication and fractions. This is new for the second grade. Um, shapes, measurements, time, money, social studies, and science. So I like the Brain Quest because it's a well-rounded book. Um, each colored section provides something different. And I like really basing my curriculum off of these books, the Brain Quest. And then this is Scholastic. And it's kind of the same math, reading, writing, grammar, and maps. Each one provides a different thing, and I typically get them from Amazon or Costco. I like Costco because they go on sale. 
um, and they're just so well-rounded so it gives you I feel like a really good idea of the different areas or topics you should be covering at this given time especially this brain quest like I wouldn't have thought about shapes and measurement if it wasn't showing up in these books or like fractions for example I wasn't sure at what age you would actually start to introduce that so I like this a lot but at the same time this can be really drawn out and boring you have to be really present with them especially at this young age to teach them how to go through this and that's more in like homeschooling schedule and how or how how we homeschool or how we motivate to homeschool which we can talk about another time but these are two of our main ones. I am missing one, I think, because we've finished all of them and we don't, we haven't bought new ones. There's another like math and stuff. But this is DK workbooks. We typically get their geography and science stuff, which is cool because they do theoretical as well as physical experiments in the back of the science book. And then the Kumon workbooks have some really cool stuff. And these guys are more just straight multiplication. I mean, they have 30 and 40 different multiplication equations just on these two, two pages alone. There's seven equa 70 equations, and this is a third grade level. So this is obviously stuff that loves doing, beginning these multiplications. It's an absolute mess. I don't know if you can see it, but she uses this space for workspace, and we're totally fine with that so that she can do her additions and subtractions that she needs to to figure it out. And we just really try to teach them different ways that allow them to think, not just memorize, but think about how the, the philosophy or the theory actually works. And there's different ways to go about it, like, like if anything minus one is going to be one less the number rather than counting literally 10 fingers out and subtracting one. So going in terms of not just practical but also philosophical and creatively learning how to be efficient in understanding how the just numbers in general work or how certain concepts work has been super beneficial to us and there's no right or wrong the only thing that i would say is wrong in our homeschool philosophy is if anybody's getting frustrated then we're not approaching it the most practical or the most positively reinforcing way so we remove all frustration from it because it can seem frustrating but our philosophy is as a parent as a teacher it's our job to make it fun and engaging and it's our job to be creative and to provide those skills and those opportunities for the kids so number two on our curriculum is the apps this is one of the main apps that we really like using it's called osmo and i love it because it's not just click oriented you actually work with a base and none of this is sponsored this is literally what we use nobody is paying me to do this so osmo if you see this i would love to be an ambassador <laughs> or be sponsored but you put your uh, ipad here and this is a mirror that you attach to the camera at the top and it can actually see what your child is doing on the table. So what you do is you have a number of different 
items and things. For example, this is for words, so they can learn to spell. They can learn um, play games like Hangman or trying to figure out what the word is based on the picture. And they can play games against each other to score. And what they do is they use the letters and they you know throw it up on the table and they are engaged by having to find the letters and physically take it and place it in front of the iPad and the iPad can see what they're doing. So there's all kinds of different things like words. This is Tangram. We do have numbers. Oh, it's down here. Tangram's nice because it, it's really creative puzzle solving and understanding shapes and boundaries and orientation um, in relation to other objects. So that's cool. Uh, we got numbers, but not just numbers as in like one, two, three, four, five, six, but numbers as in like dots. So visually, how many dots do you see? And they can play with either or. Osmo is so great at doing, creating engaging games that actually make them want to play. They feel like they're playing a game, but even so, it's so much fun that I like playing them, but it really does teach them. And I think that's what makes a good app is an app that is both entertaining but educational with education being the priority. A lot of apps are semi-educational but entertainment is a priority and those are the things that we tend to shy away from. Osmo is education first but super, super fun to play. They also have things like coding. Believe it or not, we're teaching our toddlers to code already. I don't even know how to code but my kids have a lot of coding apps. They have robots and things that um, that you can get that that teach them to understand how to code. I still have yet to figure out how this teaches you to code. And maybe I'm just confusing it with HTML code because that's the only coding that I know. But it's great nonetheless. And so they're learning a skill that I should probably learn myself. This pizza one is pretty good too. Um, I would consider this more entertaining simply because if they take a little long, it will start to give them hints, which is basically giving them the answer. And my five-year-old, I was gonna say my three-year-old, she just turned five. My five-year-old um, has a tendency to just let it give her the answer. So I don't like that as much, but they, they enjoy it. Another couple apps, given my um, kids' age, they're five and seven, that they're really into right now is ABC Yeah and Toto Math. I'll stick their icons up here on the screen. But if you have toddlers and you wanna start early, we actually use the iPads a lot to begin with to help teach them. And we really loved the originator um, things that they have, like they have words and numbers and shapes Bebop blocks was like one of the first things we got our kids when they were like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years old, so that they could understand shapes. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff out there, but you have to, again, make sure that it's education-based first, as well as entertaining second. The next thing we do is we get them lots of books. I didn't bring any of their reading books. They have tons of reading books. The girls are already really into chapter books. They're currently reading the Narnia series. They've done the entire whatever after series. They're, those are not really educational. They're just entertaining. But if my kids love reading, I think one of the best things my mom did for me was let me read as much as I possibly could. Of course, there's some books that are not very good, but there's so many great, entertaining, awesome books. And so we've always said, no matter what, if our kids want a book, we're gonna get it for them. They're, we will never say no to books, as long as it's not like a really bad book. So 
Other books that we provide aside from entertaining reading books, and on a last note, if you haven't checked out Mo Willems, The Pigeon or Piggy and Gerald books, those are amazing books for the kids and the parents are really entertained as well. And they're great starting books to read. The kids actually memorize the books, but it's kind of good because in their memory, they're able to identify certain words and certain sounds. And our kids started off reading those books out of all the books and baby books that we've gotten them. Those were the first books that really got them into actually reading the words and they sort of did it on their own. So it was just some of the most amazing books out there and we love those books so much. But aside from entertaining books, we have, this is a child's first library of learning. These are actually my husband's when they were little and so he kept them. But they're really great because they have these amazing visuals and if we didn't have these, we would be getting a lot of these, you know, based on like the solar system, planets, dinosaurs, the oceans, whatever. These are really great to have around because the kids love seeing the pictures. And as a parent, a homeschooling parent teacher, you can engage with them by reading something like extremely large chunks of polar ice break off and fall into the sea. Icebergs are most common in the spring when the ice is melting. Now, the reason that we love these books is because we would show them. So we'll get a bowl out, we'll take ice cubes, and we'll say these are kind of like an iceberg. We have the ice that floats, and if we wait a little bit, you'll see that it will melt, and it'll get smaller and smaller as they melt. We can draw a line on the cup and watch the water rise as the ice cubes melt, that sort of thing. So you can really take these kind of theoretical learnings and show them in miniature size, like how that applies in real life. And that's how we take a lot of book learning and theoretical learning or lecture-based learning and take it and apply it into practical, real-life experiential learning. And I was really happy to hear from our last evaluation that our children are very well-rounded learners. And I really credit it to my husband, who is so good at taking a lot of this stuff and putting it into like real-life experimentation and involving the kids. So we have a couple more here. This is just like a summer handbook. Again, this was my husband's, but they, this is more things like stuff to do. So they're making, this is making um, fruit leather rolls. They're learning how to create an expedition backpack from old jeans. And we like stuff like this because it's, it focuses on creativity and physical skills as well. Um, and then this one was cool too, 365 simple science, science experiments. So we let the girls go through these. We'll say, what do you want to do today? And sometimes they'll say, we want to do science experiment or we want to do Osmo. And they really do diversify it themselves. That's, that's kind of the self-directed approach that we take. And then we'll let them look through the book and they'll pick one and we'll go out and do it. The next thing that we do apply to our program in general are videos. And that's the beautiful thing about the internet right now is there is so much learning content on the web. Some of the things that the kids gravitate towards just on YouTube alone is Bruce Yaney, SciShow Kids, and Science Max. They really love recreating the experiments, especially in Science Max and Bruce Yaney that they see. And that is a great way to get them involved hands-on as well. Number five is just experience-based learning. Aside from taking all of these things and trying to experiment with the kids, we like to regularly take them to places like the museum, the nature trail, 
the aquarium, anywhere that they can go and learn. We recently went to Dinoland. In fact, my kid asked to go to Dinoland for her birthday. She didn't want any presents. She just wanted to learn about dinosaurs. And so a whole couple weeks leading up to Dinoland, she was getting some of these um, Child's First Library, the dinosaur books, and renting out uh, dinosaur books from the library, which we go to once a week, and trying to learn a lot about dinosaurs to understand them so that when she went to Dino Land, she could point out and sort of grow her knowledge because there's a lot to learn when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I was very proud of her, and I like that they are excited to learn, and it's just a part of their every single day. It's not like something that we have to force them to do. It's, it's kind of like brushing their teeth. It's like, it's just what gets done. So we wake up and we get our teeth brushed, we go for a walk and we come home, eat breakfast, and then we get to learning. And that's just a part of what happens every day. And because it is an everyday thing, even when we go on vacation, once in a while, like it might be a unique day. Like if it's Christmas, we're not, we don't do learning that day. But um, even during the summer and on the weekends, we do a little bit of learning and some days are more workbook based learning new concepts this is really where we um, encourage them to learn something new something that they're not practiced at and mixing that with a variety of the fun things like games and hands-on experiments as well as reviewing the things that they already know so that it can be solidified in the foundation of their knowledge. And that really is our homeschool curriculum. For the most part, we try to make learning a very active thing no matter what. We just got a dehydrator recently and we want to involve the kids and we try to explain things and why they work. Like why when you add salt and vinegar to something, it actually helps preserve it. Why the dehydrator makes the kale chips crispy and no longer soft and fluffy. And we try to explain these things just in regular terms without oversimplifying it or without expecting them to necessarily understand or not understand. And they tend to ask questions. Kids love attention, and if you can give them attention that's based on teaching and learning and hearing them out so that they can rephrase or teach you what they learn, they really absorb that and are positively reinforced by that the best in our experience. So I hope that this video, this long-awaited video, is super helpful. Even if you're not homeschooling or you're just thinking about it, you can apply these same little things and make it super fun and super engaging and something that you do together with your kids regularly or once in a while. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys homeschool or if you have any other thoughts or tips that you want to share with the community, please feel free to add that in the comments below. And if you like this video, as always, let me know by hitting the thumbs up. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will see you in the next video. Ciao for now.